From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello again, and welcome to the Car Debate Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. You're listening, you're rating, you're telling your friends. We can see it in the analytics. Thank you. Every time we have a new episode come out, you guys put us back in the top 10 on iTunes, and that's just awesome. Yeah, that's pretty please great. Welcome sharing. back. Yeah. Thanks for listening. It's, it's amazing. It, it's kind of shocking, but I'm thrilled about it. So please keep doing that. Share with your friends. If you're not on iTunes, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Pocket Casts. Uh, get the word out, because it's helping us a lot. Yeah, we are back agreed. with two of our normal format uh, car debates this evening after our track discussion last week, we will be doing some more of those specials coming up. But this evening, it's two car debates. First, we have Michelle writing to us from Pennsylvania, trying to get into a replacement for her Acura TSX. And we have Michael from California, who's looking for a fun car and a fun car only. He has a Miata, and his question is, is there anything other than the Miata that meets my needs? Which it's, you know, you've heard the whole debate. Is the answer just Miata? So we've got that coming up. <laughs> well, you know, after last week's track day podcast i wish we could sit around talking about cars that we've driven on track i i really love talking about those cars i wish we could do that yeah, all the time fun. unfortunately Agreed. we can't always do that that's a, a special as we talked about last time but tonight we're going to be talking about and starting off with discussion about recalls and giving you our perspective on recalls as far as what it means for the company recalling either the car or the part the owners of various cars the reputation that those cars might carry throughout the industry. And we are noting that 2014 is a year of a lot of recalls, if not the most we've seen in a long time. Yeah. So the we've got Takata a start... thing that just happened too. Yeah. I mean, the whole the huge Takata airbag recall is monstrous. I mean, it's just put us way over this the top for in a ridiculous the year of recalls. So we felt we need to address Definitely. this. Definitely, but I, I want to apologize to the audience real quick though, because my voice may be a bit wacky tonight. And that is because I had a very <laughs> odd day. I'd like to share my odd day. Can this I do is that? Very strange. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. I I, I I live in Utah, so it's starting to get cold here. We're on the, we're on the back end of fall. Snow is coming. There's a little bit of snow in the mountains, so it's it's getting cold here. And I went for a run, which is not the best for my voice for the podcast. Didn't think about that at the time. Took my son and my dog for a run <laughs> afterward. I thought, all right, you know, we're almost too late for the dog to get into the dog pond. They've got a great dog pond. Hey, let's get let the dog. She loves to do it. Let's let her swim. So I'm standing there with my son, and I'm letting my dog throw the ball in the in the pond, and the dog's getting in the pond, and I am holding my son's little security blanket thing. He calls Moo, and he calls it Moo because it's you know wash rag Which size, is and it's got pretty funny name for this thing. It's awesome. Well, you know, it's it's got it's got a cow head on the corner. So what would you call it? We called it Moo. But the the thing you have to know about the blanket Moo is that this has been with my son since he was born. He's now five. Okay, and 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 you know what this is an important important thing in your son's life yes yes exactly and here's the thing it's one of those things where where if it ever got lost what do we do and, and, and i know what you're probably pondering let get on google and find another one we've tried and we can't find another one it's like this was the only <laughs> moo in existence i don't know what's going on with that so i'm standing there and and, and I, I sling moo over my shoulder is probably more information than anybody ever wanted but I, I have moo over my shoulder as i often do and it was a windy day today and the wind picked moo off my shoulder and cast this blanket into the middle of the lake Oh, man. And I'm standing there going, 
okay, the dog who's smart is looking at me like, why'd you put that in the lake? And But she's not going to help. She has no thumbs or an awareness of the fact that we actually have to get this thing. And I'm slowly watching it fill with water and sink. And my son starts kind of freaking out. And I realize I'm going in, aren't I? Well, so, as, as uh, you've said, Moo is very important. I've been around. I've been out to dinner with your family. And if you lose Moo, buddy, you are screwed. I mean, yeah. there will We're, be tantrums and conniptions and I mean, a, a hysterics year ago, a, a, never seen. A year ago, the world would have ended. My son's getting old enough yeah. now that he's starting to get some awareness beyond Moo, but it's still, it's Moo. And here, <laughs> here it is in the middle of the lake about to sink. And I'm watching it fill with water and I'm watching the head sink further and further. And I'm thinking, awesome. it's going under. I'm never going to find it. So I had that moment where I was like, all right, I guess I'm going in. So then I hop in the water, which was freezing, by the way. And my dog thinks it's a game. And she's like kicking me while she's swimming right beside me. I'm like, this is not fun for me. <laughs> So I Did went, you go in I went shoes and, and everything? Pants, shoes, and everything? I, I I got rid of, like, I had, like, an hour vest on. I got rid of that because it had my phone and keys and everything in it. Oh, my uh, gosh. But, uh, but otherwise, I was in. I was all in, and uh, so my voice has been a little wacky since then because I got awfully cold. But we're going to podcast anyway. Onward we go. Let's talk about well, other things that relate to families, <laughs> which is recalls. <laughs> we will push through it. I admit my voice is feeling a little weak right now, too, but, hey. Um, did you jump in a lake as well? Wow, we had I, quite a day. I did not. I did not. Oh, okay. I actually avoided right, I that. But uh, yeah, on to recalls. We're as concerned as you are, and I'm reading through this list and you know, doing some search on, on uh, the internet, reading various blogs about what people are saying about it, because of course, other magazines, other outlets are weighing in with a lot of, of information. And so here's the situation, and in specifically about this company, Takata, and their recall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It looks like Back in uh, almost a year and a half ago, April 2013, Takata announced only six makes were involved in that. But as time has passed, more and more automakers have issued these identical recalls, which means now the affected vehicles are across several brands, and they have gone oh, it's to shocking. over 8 million vehicles for this particular company and just airbags. So I'm reading along here and saying uh, Toyota's starting to, be starting to replace these defective inflators and parts yeah, are unavailable yeah. and it's advising his dealers to disable the airbags airbags and affix the do not sit here messages onto the dashboard <laughs> if somehow you find anybody sitting on the dash of your car that means the windshield is gone you have bigger well, okay. problems than that at that point <laughs> well, but to okay, continue to continue but i do think it's funny that we have kind of a a, a police line do not cross uh, is the recommendation for how to solve this in the short term. But the thing that I find is shocking about the Takata deal is, you know, we've had obviously GM and a couple of years ago we had Toyota with the uh, acceleration deal or you know, pick pick your brand. Just about everybody this year has done a recall. But of course, it's obviously confined to their brand. And you can get into debates about what does this mean for the brand, blah, blah. But this, because it's a supplier across all kinds of brands, when you read yeah. the list, it's pretty much everybody. It's just if they sold cars five years ago, they're in the recall. I mean, it's it's shocking how it's just hit well, almost every yeah. manufacturer. And here's the thing. It has not ended yet. They're still discovering models and still finding affected vehicles. And now mm -hmm. the company is saying that things like rust, bad welds, certainly bad quality assurance, bad quality inspection out of their Mexico plant. This has all contributed to these defects. And they're saying a lot of uh, you know high humidity areas... Yeah. have been contributing to that. So I'm reading down the affected vehicles list. I'm seeing a lot of very well-known brands here and I get close to the bottom and I see Saab and specifically <laughs> the 2005 92X. 
Yes, it's pretty and much a sniper shot right at my car. I no other Saab could vehicles not listed. That one. Not even the second year of the 92X, which is also interesting because that's yeah. the full crossover of the uh, of the Impreza. And I can actually speak to this because I talked to a Subaru dealer just about this yesterday. I had my car in for oil change and tire rotation to get into. I'm going to say it again. Get winter tires, people. I just put them on. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I had that done. And and while that was being done, I uh, I asked them about this recall on the on the 92X because, again, what they've mainly done is the Subaru WRX of like 03. I'm going to get it wrong, but like 03 to 05, they're all affected. The Impreza. As a line is affected, which means, of course, the 92X is affected. Yep. But what's random is it's the only Saab listed, and the Subaru dealer cannot do the recall because it's not a Subaru vehicle, and they can't pull up the VIN for recall stuff from Subaru. They can do all the work because it's the WRX underneath, but means I have to go to a Saab dealer and be the lone guy with the one year that Saab had a car that is involved in the recall. So that's pending. But I, I want to say in general, though, I mean, the thing about recalls, I, I hate to, to quote this, but it's true. If you want to get a random thought on recalls, watch the movie Fight Club. That's one of the best <laughs> description of why a recall happens that I've ever seen. I mean, there's a lot of really fun stuff. There's great stuff about the way movie projectors work and other random things going on in that film. It's fun for a lot of reasons. But the discussion about recalls is that it's that legal tipping point. I hate to say it, but have enough people died in a similar fashion that we legally need to care. I know that's a terribly terribly dark way to look at it but that's the that's the reality of it and that relates to the gm recall for the ignition and all that kind of thing but the thing on all these recalls and i want to come back to me i live in an area that is mostly cool and dry the people that are mostly having this airbag problem are living in areas that are hot and humid i'm not stressing it too much well sure i'm going to get it looked at i mean we can't tell people don't live in florida i mean they're you know worried and affected well i I think we can say don't live in florida i mean if you're a driver (laughs) i'm not exactly sure but i'm sorry anyway but but here's the thing here's the thing i think just because a recall happens doesn't mean you're in imminent danger of death and that's the only way these things get reported and it kind of astounds me and horrifies me that that's the case i mean the, the gm ignition recall while horrible yeah. While that whole thing is horrible, the, the pattern is, is always, you know, there's always a pattern where, unfortunately, all of these people, be it their enormous keys or the way they use their car or whatever it is, it always contributed to the right number of boxes checked and then disaster strikes. And I feel like the glory of the Internet is always, well, I'll speak to one that, that comes to you, Paul, and that is the Porsche IMS failure. Well, yeah, if you that's... Read, if you read the Internet... Every single Porsche you buy from that generation, it, its engine is on the verge of blowing up. That's the way it reads, but the the tiny percentage of cars actually affected. It is a very small percentage. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Well, yeah, here's the thing. It, but, does, it does enter my mind as far as it, it did even before I bought the car because, of course, I was doing online research. I was thinking, all right, what are potential pitfalls? Every car's got them, from BMWs mm-hmm. to Porsches. Even the really great cars, they've got potential pitfalls, and you just never know. There's really nothing you can do about it. So while you have to take that into consideration, you also can't let that be your only buying decision and let that fear get in the way of owning what could potentially be a great car. And in my case, I did go forward. I have not had any problems. I've asked multiple independent shops and dealers as to... You know, what am I in for? Am I in for a huge repair bill? Should I start squirreling away $15,000 for a brand new engine? <laughs> Unfortunately, one of the cars, one of the owners whom we know that were fe- that was featured in the Porsche 911 film that we did, 
Her yeah. car did suffer what she thought was an IMS failure. Turned out it didn't suffer that. It was a different issue. It was diagnosed incorrectly, and she's actually back to full engine health and doing fine. But that kind of freaked her out. It kind of yeah, went, sure. I, I went, well, uh-oh, what am I in for? But everybody has assured me, okay, for your model, you're fine. Ultimately, for my car, just like the hot, humid thing for the Takata airbags, this happened to people who were on track, tracking their Caymans, and essentially racing them. Well, the problem was oil starvation when they were cornering yeah, at high yeah. speeds. And if you don't have a dry sump in the bottom of the oil pan, it's not sucking oil up into the engine. So, well, of sure. course, any engine's going to experience bearing failure at racing speeds like that. So it depends on the conditions, as you said. It depends on the right kind of mixture of conditions and yeah. uh, you just don't know. So I think the best thing we can recommend is watch for this. Of course, do your research, but follow the manufacturer directions. As soon as you get that notice in the mail, take it in right away. Do not delay. It's not like an engine light where you can last a few months and kind of drag your heels and oh, I don't really have the money. No, no, this is fixed for free and it should be done right away. That's the best thing yeah, you can you possibly do. If you've got a recall, certainly that is, I mean, I, I got one for the Acadia once that I duly ignored because it was like sometimes, because GM sure. is now running scared. Any recall right. they could possibly do at GM, and, he, and I want to speak to this for a second, cars are complicated in a lot of ways. There's so many little things going on. Yeah. The fact that they work most of the time is a minor miracle. The fact that little <laughs> random, random niggly things have to be checked after they're mass produced, this should be a surprise to none of us. Right. Okay? But I mean, I got one for the Acadia once that was like... On some models of your model year, the gear indicator is improperly illuminated. I'm like, really? First off, I'm not having the problem. And secondly, I'm going to rush right down to my dealer and get that fixed. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, that's so just you the have lawyers to, you have protecting have... them from future lawsuits. But I take your exactly. point. Exactly. Exactly right. So, I mean, you have, to, you have to think about it with some brains and not just with your internet browser open. And, and know that there is a legal tipping point, and where are you in this? The thing I find hysterical, though, let's look at Toyota and GM real quick. Toyota, Toyota a few years ago about the uh, acceleration deal, and right. then GM now with the ignition thing. It doesn't really affect the sales. That's what I find funny. It's almost no, that whole any, any publicity is good publicity. When Toyota was doing that, it, it, while everybody's like, well, nobody's going to buy Toyotas anymore, not true. And then GM right now is having one of their best years ever. They're having huge year-on-year -year profits in the middle of recall hell. Clearly, people are not running away from these vehicles once they have recalls. That may but be, just be smart is the big thing. Yeah, that made me even think of the Ford Firestone tire debacle. That yeah. essentially, if you read anything about it and you owned a Ford Explorer with Firestone tires, the result is you're going to die in that yes, car, yes. in flames, upside down. Yep. And, yep. you know, I, I forget, that was probably a decade or more ago, but, you more know, like now... Two, yeah. You know, nobody even really remembers that one. And, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. the model has changed. And so not that I'm saying to gloss over that, but, you know, this will this will pass as well. You know, the manufacturers are going to do all they can to get it right. But, yeah. you know, don't ignore this. Don't ignore the, the uh, recall notices. Take it in as soon as you can. But in your case, where's the local Saab dealer? How do you take yeah. it into well, the Saab dealer? You know, yeah, true, true. Exactly right. I got to solve gonna that problem. Where are you going to take this car? And then be like the only one in Utah that shows up for this recall. But anyway, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. But, but I will say this. If you happen to climb into a car in the next few weeks where you climb into the car and in front of you is a note on the dash that says, do not sit here, just get out. I'm just, just going to leave it there. Just get out. Immediately get out because if you're sitting on the dash, the windshield is shattered. It is not installed <laughs> in the car. 
if you can they don't mean I, for wow. you sitting on the dash anyway okay i'm going to move on to the first car debate we, yeah uh, agreed. We're to talk about michelle who wrote to us thanks michelle for writing to us about your dilemma you're writing to us from pennsylvania you currently have an acura tsx 07 that you really like but it's getting high enough in mileage you're starting to have that kind of unpredictability factor where you're not sure if it's just going to start costing more money than it's worth so you're looking around <laughs> that and losing that love and feeling for the car looks like um, yeah true 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 uh, yeah. So you're looking around. You said you, you, you would like – one of the main things you're looking at is the ILX uh, Acura. That's one of the ones you've driven and you're curious about. You kind of like that uh, small mid um, – sorry, small mid-range sedan. So I would say kind of three series and littler is kind of the, the size you're looking at. I want to applaud you, though. You said you want only a manual. So yeah, bravo great. in that regard, Michelle. That's great. That's and you've also nice. mentioned that where you are, you get some snow and some ice, so you're worried about rear-wheel drive. I'm going to go ahead and say it again. Winter tires. Yeah, that's... Much more important than your drive wheels. Winter tires. If you, if you really are stressed about it, that's actually much more important than your drive wheels. And now, most cars... If you, I mean, we just drove the Alpha 4C. It has oh, an yeah. all-weather mode. I mean, talk about a car <laughs> that, that ha, based on its architecture, should be very spin-tastic. It's got an all-weather mode. You well, know, it does snow so in Italy. You know, they've got to be at least acknowledge exactly. it with a button of some sort. So, but most cars now, with, a, with the amount of traction control that exists, most of them have got a snow or winter setting. I know the BRZ, which you said you you drove but didn't like the interior enough. The BRZ's got one. I mean, most cars have got a, a snow and winter setting. You do that in combination with... Uh, good winter tires and you actually have a brain in your head when you drive you'll Seriously, be fine yeah uh all right so michelle has currently the tsx she's inter interested in the ilx currently has mm -hmm. an 07 tsx with a manual and what i'm reading here that you don't have any down payment except for what you get for the trade over what you owe which means you're upside down for a lot of money we won't ask but yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. But yes, if you can put something down, uh, let's see, what is she in the 30000 price range-ish? Somewhere in there. Yeah, that's, she's, that's what she's I'm saying guessing. About, she's saying thirty thirty five is roughly roughly where she's living based on what she's saying she can afford. Right. So we're talking 30 maybe 35 And the ILX, I mean, I'm just going to jump in here on the ILX real quick. Um, the ILX is Acura's version of the Civic. You said you'd driven the Civic and weren't feeling it. You've driven the ILX and like it. I'm kind of surprised by that because other than the fact that they've made it nicer, it's it's the Lincoln to Ford situation. I mean, this is the Civic for Acura. Now, Acura, I do think yeah. in general, is an unsung brand. I think they do cars that are worth that that are absolutely worth what they cost. They're reliable. You get a lot for your money. They run really well. I know a lot of people that have Acuras and had great experiences with them, but ultimately the ILX is a dressed-up Civic. Although Acura is, across the board, starting to go all-wheel drive as a signature part of their brand, which I like, so that differentiates True. them more from True. the standard Honda, you know, the bunch of Hondas that they might be related to. And yeah, I okay. like that you're looking for the fun car. You know, mentioned you drove the BRZ. Yes, agree. The inside is not what you're used to, even coming out of a seven, eight-year-old Acura. And that yeah. 2 Series, drove that 2 Series at the track, and it's just fantastic. But we understand you've got the rear-wheel drive. Now, you could do the rear-wheel drive and a great set of snow tires, but I do have some interesting thoughts for you. I like the ILX because it is all-wheel drive, and I do understand there's there's a few changes that differentiate it from the Accords and the Civics. Yes, there are a yes, few things. Right. 
Um, so I, I can see how you're attracted to it. Plus, you know, the interior materials, it's going to be a bit more premium kind of a car. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. What I'm also looking here is just from a maintenance standpoint, the, the TSX is starting to burn some oil. And so you might have to start dumping some money into it, which you don't want. All right. Understand. So that tells me you're looking actually for a new car rather than mm-hmm. oh, a lot of times definitely. we recommend a used car. In this case, everything, Michelle, that you're telling us is you want a new car because it's got the warranty and Mm -hmm. it's just, you're going to have that good feeling about, you know, getting into something that's brand new and a little bit better, newer car. So I do have a list of things that I've got here. Um, Look at you. We've got a list. Wow. Bravo. Go for it. Yeah. From the all wheel drive camp, I thought of the Audi a four can't be ignored. And I believe you can get it with a manual with the Quattro. I think I could be wrong on that. I have not had, a moment to uh, pull up the Audi USA website here. And uh, I was also thinking in that same line, uh, Volkswagen Golf with the four motion. That could be interesting too. Those are fun cars to drive. Todd and I do like driving the Golf. And well, what if you get it with the all-wheel drive? Could be interesting and it could be right in that 30, 35,000 price range. And I thought, what else is there uh, Mm -hmm. besides a Fiesta ST? Gotta mention that one. (laughs) A Mini Cooper S, got to mention that too. A Mazda 3. But all of those are front-wheel drive. But the reason I put those out there is because you're already used to the TSX, which is front-wheel drive too. Yeah, I I don't think front-wheel drive is a problem. I think I get the impression that Michelle is just a little concerned about rear-wheel drive Mm -hmm. in snow. And that is a standard concern. It's not something she's creating. I do do get it. It does exist. It's not not a fantasy. But I I, I still maintain that I don't feel like people should be frightened of rear-wheel drive in bad weather. You've just got to be smart about it and put good tires on it. But if you want to avoid that, okay, fine. Uh, and yeah, she's coming out of front-wheel drive, so clearly that's not a problem. I feel like the Fiesta ST is not for Michelle and not a winter car. If she's not that fond of the interior on the BRZ FRS, the Fiesta has no good news. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Um, the, yeah. The Golf, well. the Golf could be there, but I honestly, I have two thoughts. Okay. You've already mentioned one of them. I actually say Mazda 3. Okay, Mazda yeah. 3, you can get a manual, get it loaded out, you'll be out the door at 30 grand, loaded, if you may have to look, I'm not sure when the switchover happens. They're about to offer their larger engine the, with the 180 horsepower with the manual. They didn't for a while. They're about to offer it with the manual. I'm not sure when right. that tipping point happens. But you could even get their their all uh, the full power version with the manual. If you don't, you're still dealing in 150 horsepower. It's not it's not slow. It's not terrible. It's and slow they do and terrible. Offer a good manual. It's slow and terrible. <laughs> they do offer a good manual in that car. But yeah, if you can get the bigger engine, go for it. But honestly, load it out with the big engine. That car is going to be thirty grand. It's going to be in the in the the bottom of a lot of the cars we're talking about. You are avoiding the 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 two series Beamer, but I have to say this to you: you can get it all wheel drive. Yeah. Okay. You can just get the X Drive version. I mean, if True. that if that all wheel drive thing is the real that that's the crux of the discussion for you, look into it as X Drive. You could do it. Now that car, by the time you get it actually completely in your driveway, is probably going to be thirty five to forty grand. It might be pushing forty. It may be right out of your price range. But all wheel drive is available. The two series is a good car. I think it's worth looking at for sure. You could you could look Audi A four. You could look uh, yeah. Audi A3 maybe, but I honestly maybe. think Mazda 3, I think Mazda 3 may be the sweet spot. I, I really feel like you can get a lot of car for your money. It'll be reliable. You can get it in a manual. I p- kind of think you're done there. 
Michelle, I got the chance just last week to track the Mazda 3 on the streets of Willow, and it was this the uh, six-speed manual with the larger engine because, of course, they're introducing it. They're, oh, really? Mazda's pushing that. And I was just waiting around. And I thought, all right, there it is. It's not exactly a track car, but we're on the streets of Willow. And I hopped in it. It is admittedly a bit soft for that kind of a track. It's a tight technical oh, absolutely. track. absolutely. And it did absolutely. feel a bit soft. It's not like you can stiffen things up and, you know, sharpen the car up. But it's still a fun car to drive regardless. doesn't matter if it's a track monster or not. Who cares? It was fun to drive. And that's what you're looking for. I will throw out one thought, even though I have not had a lot of experience driving this car. But I was trying to think what's on parity with Acura. And I always think Volvo and Acuras kind of compete in the same Hmm. category. Hmm. And even yeah. though I haven't unsung driven... unsung in a similar way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear I, you. I hear you. I, I don't know about the fun-to-drive factor. I really don't. But I've always been impressed with Volvos. Every time I've gotten in them, I think, wow, yeah, I forgot about the Volvo. They're just kind of sitting over here by themselves. But the Scandinavians yeah. know about ice and snow. <laughs> yeah. They know... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they know how to build no a car. No concern there. Despite being no owned by the Chinese, there. they are managed and run still as a Scandinavian <laughs> company... Don't worry about that. Yeah. But what yeah. about the S60? The S40 is no longer made. So what about the S60? That is a mm-hmm. fairly luxurious mm-hmm. car. I I don't know if you can get it with a manual transmission. I think you might. I think you still can. But it's a turbocharged beast. And what about that car? That could be, it, at the very least, drive some of these that we're suggesting and just yeah, go definitely. compare some. So you've got that in the back of your mind. If you do gravitate towards the ILX, that's great. But you have driven the Mazda 3, you've driven the A4 and, you know, a Golf and the Volvo S60. Maybe you're going to find something that really hits your hot button. And that's only you can tell us, you know, this is what I really like. Only you can determine that. But it's up to us to throw out some suggestions you might not have thought of earlier. And that's where Volvo entered my head. And I thought, all right, I don't know Mm -hmm. in terms of it's not a BRZ, but it doesn't need to be. But no, Scandinavians, for her needs. they know about snow and ice, and they build a great car. So S60. Yeah, I think that's an interesting interesting wild card. I'd, I'd love for you to drive a Mazda 3, uh, Michelle. I think that would be an interesting call. And I do say, hey, if you want all-wheel drive, don't ignore the X-Drive versions of the Beamers. The 2 Series is, is a cute little car. It's a good car. It surprised me even on the track. You're not in track driving. So the fact that we are talking about these not being perfect track cars is kind of irrelevant. They are yeah. great street yeah. cars. Yep. So look at them in that regard. Hopefully that's a little bit helpful. And if you decide to get over the rear-wheel drive thing, hey, you know, there's a lot of good options there too. Yeah, so, there's plenty of anyway. stuff. So we should move on to our next car yes. debate, which is Michael in California. Mike, thanks for writing in. Really appreciate it. Definitely. Looks like you've had a couple of Miatas, a couple of Mazda MX-5s as your fun car Despite kids in your life, despite the growth of your family, I love that you're still landing on, I've got to have a fun car in my life. Yes, bravo onto that. That's exactly what we're talking about. Here's what's so interesting about Michael, is that he's up for eclectic car choices. I mean, Mm kind of out there. He even wrote in suggesting, uh, what was it, Uh, Morgan three-wheeler or a Polaris slingshot. (laughs) Both of those are three-wheelers. Yeah. Wow, yeah, they both are. Those are couldn't be out more different. There. But yeah, they're yeah, they're they're yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love just the suggestion. It sort of opened up my own thinking. And all right, he's up for whatever. We might come back to Miata. Of course, there's the new one coming out, so you might just hang on for the new X MX5. It might be you know Miata number three for you. Okay, but uh, I've got a few suggestions for uh, 
for you as Mel, Michael. Um, but anyway, I'm curious to hear yeah, your so, thoughts on uh, on him. Well, here's the thing. I mean, he said he's owned two Miatas in a row. He had a 99. Now he's got an 07 hardtop, uh, and he's going, okay, this is just a fun car. It does an occasional uh, commute. It's mainly a weekend car. It's got to be manual. It's got to be fun. Yeah. Okay, I'm applauding that that is your focus on this car. <laughs> I think that's amazing. You prefer rear-wheel drive. It's got to be manual. This this is, hey, man, with you've got thirty grand to spend. This is candy store kind of stuff for me. This is that's everything awesome. you could want, man. That is pretty fun. I think fun. that's fantastic. One thing you did say that I want to touch on is you'd like to have a little more grunt than your current Miata. Because, of course, the obvious elephant in the room discussion is, hey, have you looked at the FRS BRZ? Yeah. However, yeah. that's not really going to feel faster than what you currently have. I think it's going to feel a little more grounded than that 07. I feel like the NC Miata, at least in stock form, sits a little high, has a little bit too much body roll, definitely feels like it has more body roll than the FRS BRZ. But from a power perspective, it's going to kind of be a wash. Hmm. We've got a little bit different engine character. But if you're looking for more grunt, unfortunately, we can't land there. I, I, I wish you know that would be a good option it's for you, be but tough if you really are wanting more grunt, range, it's, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a wash as far as uh, grunt is concerned. However, uh, I think there's some interesting stuff you could go with here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it before Paul does. <clears throat> Porsche Cayman. <laughs> uh, yeah, a used Cayman. Hello, this car is... It's yeah. so, I own one. You, everybody knows this. I love driving that car. And the thing is, I love driving it at low speeds. It doesn't matter. I can be hammered on a canyon or just tooling around in it. I just love driving it. It's just so much feedback, so much information. And, you know, whenever I, you know, Todd joins me, you know, go for a drive. I love that you keep thinking, wow, I forgot how great your car is. You just keep saying great it's a car. Great car. I love 30 grand that. in your pocket, you could go by yourself. And we already talked about the yeah. IMS is, is more blown out of proportion than it really yeah. is. Forget 30 about grand it. in your pocket, you could go find yourself a nice Cayman. And here's the thing. The standard Cayman, not the S, the standard Cayman is going to have a little more grunt than your Miata. Yeah. So if you can get yourself a Cayman S, which you can for 30 grand, you get yourself a Cayman S, it's going to have plenty of grunt, great mid-engine balance, but not mid-engine is going to bite you. I think you would find that to be a fantastic step up. You said you drove a S2000 on a Boxster before you bought your new Miata, and that means it was probably the prior generation uh, of the uh, Boxster, Boxster, and right. it was not... It was not. It's not as good as the the one after that. So I think yeah. if you end up in in the in the version that Paul has, which is like the Cayman was oh six to what was that? What was six to Well, there's there's a the well, but there's the, from there's the model the model refresh. Yes, but I mean I mean that generation. That generation car, is considered was, the nine eight seven, and then from oh eight oh nine, it's the nine eight seven point two Porsche, and their point twos again. Yes, Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. Um, Okay. That tops but my I list. Think, it does. I yeah, I think I think you need you. to go drive it for sure, Michael. Certainly go drive a Cayman and ponder it. You haven't said if you are requiring a convertible or not. You are a California driver, uh, uh, and obviously you've owned two Miatas because they're convertibles. You could go Boxster instead. I prefer the Cayman. I just think it's a much more driver-focused car. Yeah, you look at is. them on paper, they're almost just apples to apples, but I just the Cayman's awesome, so you definitely look at that. I also wonder about other kind of strange things. One of the thoughts I have is, are you a wrencher? Do you want to work on a car at all? Mm. Because a part of me ponders. I think I know where you're going. That 818, yeah. build yourself a, a crazy track car out of an old WRX. I just wonder about that. I, I, I don't know all the details. I haven't done it myself. 
But I, I just that's the really kind of out there wild card in my mind is is looking at that guy. That's that uh, Factory Five Racing, and I know of course mm-hmm. you can buy yeah. the kit and do it yourself, but I think Factory Five offers this as an option to buyers. I know they do for their Cobra replicas, and that is, okay, we'll put it together for you. It's going to cost you more, but even one of their Cobra rec- replicas is like 24, 25 grand, and they put it together for you. So, okay, maybe they'll do the same thing. I'm just not sure. We'll have to you know, read again. Do they only sell it as parts, and you got to find the donor the donor car to start with, or, um, or will they assemble it for you? Because that might be something totally different, totally cool. Mm-hmm. I... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to come back to a, I've got a wild card and then another super crazy wild card that I actually have suggested on a prior podcast because the thought popped okay. into my head again. It might be a little bit too expensive, but it's it's eclectic enough to fit in your category, Michael. My first wild card is, again, I drove this at track day last week because you said fun and I was trying to think, okay, what did I just giggle around the track in? And strangely enough, it was the Honda CRZ with the Honda Performance Development Package. It came with the supercharger, which bumps it up to 200 yeah. horsepower. Yeah. Agreed. The FRS BRZ, only 200 horsepower, but this has that boosted punch that you don't get out of those cars. And I was just having so much fun chucking that little car around the track because they upgrade the suspension, the wheels and tires, the brakes, and it's got this little supercharger on it, and it turns that car into just this little monster and i thought wow i yeah crz again finally it's this fun little thing i would never really recommend it in terms of a driver's car before but this was just fun so you got out of that car much happier than i ever thought possible i, was I would have been it, but you got out of that car grinning like an idiot frankly yeah it was just it really suited that track because you could throttle steer so easily through the corners yeah and i yeah, never yeah. expected that of course there's all kinds of amazing stuff that we that we drove the new jaguar f-type and all kinds of mercedes and whatever but that little honda crz impressed me a lot and then uh okay so the this weird eclectic thing again this was something i've recommended before it was out there but might fit and that's a caterham a a maybe used Mm -hmm. but this is a weird you don't see yourself coming and going and it is a rear wheel drive driver's focused car what about a caterham? That could be crazy yeah, could amounts it, of fun. If you could find a used deal deal on one, it's certainly. I mean, I know this is this may be the strangest sentence I've ever said. It's much more realistic and usable than a Morgan <laughs> Three. The kind of car that you have to remove the steering wheel to get in is a much more usable car than a Morgan three wheeler or Polaris slingshot. But that's but quite I, you the know, I just think that <laughs> the the thing is though. I mean, t- that that takes the Miata recipe and goes another step toward just boiled down. These are your inputs. Yeah. This yeah. is this is what you do affects the car. And that that's actually really cool. I think that's that's a really odd ball choice and I'm not sure I'd, I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure what those prices run on used ones. I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure, but, but maybe uh, used. you can get so many engine choices on that. Why not dig in? We're we're all over the map for you, Michael. We've got a lot of really strange recommendations, <laughs> but yeah. hey, while we're doing strange, I'll say this. If you wanted to go completely different, completely different back to seriously analog, you could spend Half your budget or less, get yourself an old turbo 944 for 10 to there 15 grand. There it is. And keep the rest of the money laying around to, to keep it running. <laughs> to dump but into it's it. <laughs> light, powerful. Exactly. It's light, it's powerful. It would be a very different feel than your Miata if you wanted to just completely just shake and shuffle the deck and go something totally different. 
it would be even more more analog along the lines of like headed toward the Caymans and the Morgans that you've mentioned, but yet it's still a real car and awesome. Those are those are great. They are those cars in SCCA Porsche racing. Those cars are still at the top of the list for driver balance for the weight distribution and and equal balance front to rear. They're still at the top of the list for many drivers. If you find yourself a nice, decent used Porsche 944 Turbo, and yeah, you might need a little bit of money to put into it for upkeep, but whatever. Yeah, I it's think a, so. It's an eclectic choice. Keep it in nice condition. People are going to go, wow, that's a cool choice. Boatloads of fun to drive. I mean... And while that and while we're great. at thirty grand, I I can't ignore it. I know you're you're wondering why I've waited this long. If you've got thirty grand, Lotus Elise, Lotus Elise, you yeah. could get one for thirty grand. Honestly, here's the thing, Michael. You could yeah. get one for thirty grand. You could decide to sell it in a year for thirty grand, and it's uh, which talk is talk about a, a good focused point. driving experience. Talk about a focused driving experience. They're not difficult to maintain. Why don't I own one of these cars? Well, it's money. But anyway, but but <laughs> seriously, they're they're not they're not expensive to maintain. It is a driver focused level that is beyond your Miata by far. Great mid engine handling. It's not going to feel like anything else you've driven. You could get into it for this money. It is still a real car. It's not a Morgan three wheeler. It's not a Caterham. Thirty grand, you could do it, and it is significantly faster than your Miata. I and hey, if you're stuck in convertibles, you can even take the top off. This is I, true. I am such a fan of the Lotus; it's well known. I think Lotus Elise <laughs> has got to be driven. You've got to at least drive one and get a feel. And how do we know this? It's because we just drove one with our big film shoot just last weekend. It was a nice refresher to get back in that car and drive it again. It's it's on my yeah, mind too. Yeah, lots more info on that coming up. We probably should leave Michael, and we can go right in. Nice segue. We can go right into. <laughs> The film, which we drove about a week ago, we did Alpha 4C, the Porsche Cayman S, the current new one, Porsche Cayman, yep. not the S, sorry, the Porsche Just Cayman. Just the regular Cayman. And a yeah. Lotus Elise for comparison. We took them all to the Sierra Nevada Mountains, about uh, 200 miles north of Los Angeles. So roads we would recommend for you, Michael. And uh, we are in the process of editing that film. It will be out before the year is out. So we look forward to telling you more about that. Lots of crazy stories yeah, to come from that Yeah, boy, trip, do we have some and crazy some really stories. really cool footage. Yeah, it should look great. So watch for trailers for that film coming out on YouTube. So we're going to put up some trailers for it. You're going to see some footage that I think is going to be jaw-dropping, and you're going to love. So watch for that coming out. In addition to that, watch our videos. Take a look at those. If you're searching for a particular car, we might have driven it already and might have reviewed it. A lot of the fun cars that we talk about on this podcast, most likely we've already driven in some form or another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've driven Definitely. the Evo four times, for crying out loud. But anyway... Um, we're, done. we're done with the Evo, Paul, I promise you. We're done with the Evo. <laughs> and the Lotus almost as many times, but it was admittedly no, no, not, not nice, to, it's just... nice to have a refresher. It really was. But watch yeah, our videos... Definitely. Catch us on Facebook, catch us on Twitter, so slash Everyday Driver on all the social outlets. Write in yep. us, write to us at EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com, and both Michelle and Michael have done just that to write in for their recommendations. So shout us, uh, give us a shout on uh, email. and uh, Yeah, and also that. coming up, we're going to do a, a, an episode in a little while that's going to be kind of a car conclusions episode. Thank you guys for continuing to write into us after we shared some yes. discussions with you uh, on the podcast. Many of the, you, you have then responded and said, thanks, guys. Here's where I wound up. Here's the car I got. We're looking forward to sharing some of those stories on an upcoming podcast. 
Thank you guys for listening. We will be back again next week. Every Tuesday you can find us here. Yep. And videos on Thursdays as fast as we possibly can. But as we say before, we're focused on quality. Thank you guys for understanding that and hanging out with us. You can help Agreed. us do more with patreon.com slash everyday driver. Guess what? It's all slash everyday driver. So you can hey. help us on Patreon if you want. We have a new FAQ coming out soon to talk a little bit more about behind the scenes on the show. Lots of stuff. Lots of big stuff coming out between now and the end of the year. I just wish it was quicker, but we're doing it <laughs> high quality as fast as we can. We are. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.